Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Today is election day, so you've got primary races being held at the state, county, and local levels. Governor Newsom is expected to easily win. Eight people in California are challenging L.A. County Sheriff Villanueva. Eight of the 15 seats on the L.A. County Council are on the ballot. The L.A. mayor's race is the high-profile one because you've got California Democratic Congresswoman Karen Bass and developer Rick Caruso just super neck and neck as the front runners. Now, primary elections usually do not generate big voter turnout, but the L.A. County Registrar's Office says the early voting numbers this time around are especially low. You guys, only 740,000 cast their ballots as of yesterday. Here is my phrase. Because I have friends who don't do anything politically until they get in a conversation with me. For whatever reason, everybody thinks I want to talk politics or the news, right? Which is fine. Whatever. That's my gig. So then they'll start talking about how much they hate this politician. And can you believe that this politician did that? We used to be friends with that guy. And now look what they're doing. And I'll say to them, oh, hey, did you vote? Well, no. And so I say to them then, don't bitch. I know my dad's so proud of how ladylike my thing is, but that's my motto. Don't vote, don't bitch. You vote and your guy doesn't make it or the guy you opposed made it all day long, you flap your gums. But otherwise, zip it. The only elected city attorney in Orange County could soon be appointed or hired if a proposal gets on the ballot. Huntington Beach City Attorney Michael Gates says many large cities still elect their city attorney. While government may not be very efficient for the governing because of the division, it is a better result for the people who are governed. Gates says a hired city attorney can sometimes be just a rubber stamp for the city council. A committee will recommend ending elections for city attorney, treasurer, and clerk today. Commissioners say appointing people to such routine roles will remove unnecessary partisanship. The Summit of the Americas in L.A. means the summit of slowdowns for drivers. Officials say with high-ranking people coming to town, there will be delays from security closures and detours. If you don't need to come to downtown L.A., please avoid it. Um, Delay your trip. Use alternate routes if you do need to come. Caltrans spokeswoman Lauren Wonders says drivers should pay attention to traffic reports. Officials are also urging people to use public transit during the summit as much as possible to ease congestion. By the 110 in L.A., Blake Trolley, KFI News. An LAPD sergeant says he's not on the SWAT team because of a past lawsuit. Sergeant Gregory Hoskins sued L.A. in 2010, claiming he was passed over for a promotion because he was black. Hoskins says the SWAT lieutenant who testified on the city's side said Hoskins would never become a SWAT member. 
The suit filed yesterday argues he was denied two recent openings despite being the best candidate. Karen Travers, good morning to you. So let's talk about the questions that were asked of the White House yesterday and the responses that were given when it came to what the president really wants to see coming out of this gun control negotiation in the Senate. Yeah, I mean, yesterday was notable to see Karine Jean-Pierre be very vague, hands off, if you will, on what they would like to see lawmakers move forward on. And, you know, last week we saw the president on Thursday night deliver a very fiery speech from the White House, a laundry list of things he would like to see lawmakers, Congress move forward on. And that goes far beyond what's actually under discussion right now on Capitol Hill. So yesterday it was the first briefing since the president delivered those remarks. And instead of repeating all of that and saying, yes, this is the checklist that we want to see Congress do, Corrine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary, was saying that for the White House, getting something, anything, any of that done would be great for the White House. Uh, Far less than that would be just fine for President Biden. Because when he talks to the families in Buffalo who lost a loved one, when he heard from the parents in Uvalde, Texas, they just tell him they want to see some action. They want to see that Congress can put aside politics and, as she put it, come together in a bipartisan way and deliver something. And and it's kind of, you know, talk about low expectations, but to say they just want to see something done shows how frustrated I think people have been over the recent years after so many of these mass shootings that there have been conversations like this, there have been bipartisan working groups and panels, and all of this has you know, happened before. We've seen this script and nothing has changed. So, you know, lowering the bar quite a bit here, but for the White House, they're giving a lot of room, a lot of time and space to lawmakers to come up with something, but saying Anything can be something at this point. And I know one of the questions that people have about the involvement of the president is exactly Mm -hmm. that. Just how hands on is he with this? You had uh, Senator Chris Murphy saying, yeah, I'm trying to talk to the White House every day, but that's Uh all. I talk to staff. I don't talk to the president. Where is the president, you know, physically, I guess, in all of this? Yeah, deliberately not getting involved. You know, Chris Murphy is talking to the White House. He's leading the way for Democrats in this bipartisan working group up on Capitol Hill. John Cornyn doing the same for Republicans. And, you know, the White House has said they are talking to Capitol Hill, but it's not necessarily the president. He is deliberately staying out of this at this point. And it was striking last week to hear the White House say that they didn't think it would be helpful. That was a word that Corrine Jean-Pierre used, that it wouldn't be helpful for the president at this stage to get involved. And we were kind of taken aback by that. If, you know, after two mass shootings like Buffalo and Uvalde, how is it not helpful for the president to get involved? And I think some of this from talking to officials, you get this sense that, you know, he is somebody who has 36 years of experience in the Senate. He knows his way around these types of conversations. And, and he's more willing than perhaps many presidents to say, let's let them see where they can go with this rather than have Pennsylvania Avenue from the other end start meddling in conversations. That is not an unlimited amount of patience and leeway, though. And I think they're going to see how things play out over the next couple of days. But it is notable, though, that the president, for the most part, is staying on the sidelines of this. I shouted this at him on Sunday as he came back to the White House, whether he talked to any lawmakers. He did not answer any of our questions. But the answer to that, as we learned yesterday, is he's not. He's not talking to lawmakers. Interesting. All right. Well, stay on top Mm -hmm. of this one, Karen. I'm fascinated by it. We'll see. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much. Have a good one. That's ABC's Karen Travers. Um, it's just weird because 
when the president stands in front of the podium, you know, we've how many times have we played those cuts where he's like, for God's sakes, do something, you know, for whatever it was, for God's sakes, you know, act on something and, and you know, kind of calls out Republicans saying it's unconscionable for them not to be acting on this. But if his hands aren't in the mud on this, it does look a little weird for him to stand on the sidelines and go to the podium and tout everything and then be like, all right, you guys, you heard what I said. Do your thing. It does feel a little weird. Accidents are no longer listed by the CDC as the leading cause of death among young people. It's gun violence, including many suicides. Nico Hayden was 17 years old when he tried to kill himself in 2016. He shot himself in the face. I was foolish. Doctors removed Hayden's left eye and part of his brain. He says he's grateful for a second chance of life and encouraging families to have open conversations about mental health. If you think nobody cares, you matter. We matter. The advocacy group Everytown for Gun Safety says the rate of young people taking their own lives with guns is now at its highest point that it's been in more than 20 years. Survivors and relatives of people killed in the recent mass shootings in Buffalo, New York, and Uvalde, Texas, are set to testify tomorrow before the House Oversight Committee. Some of those are shot that were shot are still in the hospital, and that includes teacher Anolfo Reyes. The kids started um, asking out loud, uh, Mr. Reyes, what is going on? And I said, I don't know what's going on, um, but let's go ahead and get under the table. Uh, get under the table and act like you're asleep. Ugh. Reyes got shot twice and played dead. 11 students in his class were killed. Now, Dave Chappelle says he's donating money from the ticket sales of his sold-out show in Buffalo, New York, to the family of those killed in a mass fatal shooting at a grocery store. He made the announcement Sunday at the end of his sold-out show at the 3,000-seat venue. Chappelle added the show last week and tickets sold out within an hour. A campaign opposed of holding elections for mayor of Newport Beach has been blamed for creating a Godfather-like mafia hit video. You know what to do. City Councilman Will O'Neill says it's clearly meant to be him that's murdered by other mayors in the video, despite shootings happening around the country. It is incredibly inappropriate to run a video like this in any situation, but given the fact that unstable individuals oftentimes fixate on public officials, it is dangerous. It is wrong. The Stop the Power Grab campaign has apologized for posting the video over the weekend, but the campaign says it did not pay for or commission the video, which it calls satire. In Orange County, Corbin Carson, KFI News. Monkeypox cases are going up in California. I know the number's su still super low, but six had been reported of as of yesterday. Officials in L.A. County and SF say they are prepared to see more monkeypox cases. The CDC has raised its alert level for monkeypox. The agency says monkeypox cases have been reported in North and South America, Africa, Asia, and Australia, so it's recommending Americans wear masks if they travel. 13 counties in California have been classified by the CDC as high transmission risk areas for COVID-19. All of the counties are in Central and Northern California. The CDC recommends indoor mask mandates in places with high community spread of COVID. Also, just a quick note on that. Um, I was coming back from the Bay Area this weekend and I was on a flight um, that the flight attendant asked a couple of the people who were getting on the plane, hey, did they institute the mask mandate yet at Oakland Airport? And the people were like, I guess not. And But that's the thing. You might want to check ahead at the airport, the actual physical airport, not even the airline, but the airport that you're going into. It may require a mask. 
A fourth COVID-19 vaccine might be approved in the U.S. An FDA advisory committee is meeting to review the vaccine from Novavax based in Maryland. The Novavax shot is in use in Europe and several other countries. It's more traditional than and does not rely on mRNA technology like the ones from Moderna and Pfizer. And the L.A. County Sheriff's Department says the first full day of Operation Safe Travel on the Metro was a success. More than 80 armed and uniformed deputies were strategically placed on lines and platforms to offer a deterrent to crime and make people feel safe. Operation Safe Travel is a multi-layered approach focusing on uh, safety for commuters, high visibility patrol, homeless outreach, and early intervention of crime problems. Sean Keogh is the captain in charge of the department's transit bureau. He allowed me to shadow his deputies yesterday morning. Sergeant Al Escada is with Transit Bureau's mental evaluation team. He's part of the group hoping to relocate more than 5,700 homeless people living on the platforms, trains, and buses. A lot of these platforms, there's really no barrier to come in. So I think that's one of the reasons why it's an easy draw for the homeless people, people without money, to get on the system and stay warm and maybe safe. That's what they feel, that they're safer inside the system than out on the streets. But that still causes, a, I mean, that's an overall problem. It is, on many levels. We're no more than five steps onto the gold line when we see a man passed out on the floor. Sadly, none of the passengers seem to care. Hey, guy, you all right? Hey, buddy, is this your hat? Is this your hat? Can you sit up? Hey, buddy, can you sit up? Yep. The man eventually got off at Union Station. Captain Keo says last year at this time, there were 84 major crimes on the system. Same time this year, it jumped to 145, a 73% increase. Steve Gregory, KFI News. And you can see pictures of Steve's ride-along at KFIAM640.com. Today is primary election day. Voters can make choices for local, county, and state offices. That includes governor, L.A. County sheriff, L.A. mayor, city councils, and school boards. Polling places are open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Now, Metro is offering free rides to help voters get to those polling places, and people can find the route that works for them at thesource.metro.net. Again, that's thesource.metro.net. So the is actually in it, thesource.metro.net. And Caltrans says the summit of the Americas in L.A. will cause traffic delays. Caltrans' Lauren Wonder says... Thursday, starting at noon to 10 p.m., one southbound lane of PCH will close from the Topanga area to Santa Monica for emergency vehicles. She says downtown L.A. will be hit with delays from security closures and detours until Saturday, and she's urging people to just flat out ignore the area. All right, let's get into your biz bites this morning, and I've got a lot of fun stuff for you. First of all, how would you like to only work four days a week and still get your full week's pay? That's what they're trying in the UK. They've got a pilot program that's going to last six months. It involves 70 companies and 3,300 workers. And it goes from everybody from these kind of high-profile financial services jobs all the way to a fish and chip restaurant. But there was one specifically that caught my eye. It's Pressure Drop Brewing, this little independent brewery in London. And the brand manager of Pressure Drop Brewery said... The biggest goal was to improve the mental health and wellness of its employees. And she said the pandemic has made us think a great deal about how people work and organize their lives. So she says we're doing this to improve the lives of our staff and be part of a progressive change in the world. And then I heard uh, a cut from a guy who works at this brewery 
And his comment was kind of, I bet it's exactly what they're hoping. He said, I'd much rather go in and work four days a week and know that I'm getting a three-day weekend. He said that incentive to make sure that this program is a success is what's going to kind of fuel his fire to be extra productive, I guess, during those four days that he's there. But I can see it. It's it's the work hard, play hard kind of method. So anyway, it's a six-week project, a, a six-month project. Again, it starts today, so we'll see what the... Uh, I guess results are coming up in December. All right, so we've got some new Apple software that just got announced yesterday, and it's going to allow users to recall and edit text. Thank goodness. I'm not even a drinker anymore. Notice I said anymore. So I'm not having to worry about the drunk text because don't you lie to me. Anybody who uh, boozes it up a little bit has sent the drunk text, right? So now, though, This new software means that it's going to have this feature on it. You can recall a text up to 15 minutes after sending it or recover recently deleted messages for up to 30 days after deleting them. You can even edit a text and mark a message as unread so that you can go back to it later. Kind of like a a draft form, I guess you will, if you will. And then there are several new features coming out for Apple Macs and iPads just making it easier to sync with the iPhone for things like making video calls and other things like that. So um, any uh, we're going to get into this all more with Rich DeMero, so I just wanted to sort of skim over the top of this. But uh, it sounds like there's some good stuff coming out of Apple right now, and a lot of people have said, when are you going to update the Mac? When are you going to make it easier and better and cooler? It's been 10 years since we've seen an overhaul like the one that they have, so Rich will get into that for us tomorrow. Overweight people apparently lost 35 to 52 pounds on this weekly dose of medication that was recently approved by the U.S. FDA. It's called Tirzepatide, and it's sold under the brand name Monjaro. And it was people who had diabetes that they looked at it in. And participants who were overweight took just a 5-milligram dose, and they ranged from 5 milligrams to 15 milligrams. But the people who took just the small dose, the five milligrams, lost an average 35 pounds. Those on the 10 milligram lost 49 pounds. And the participant on the 15 milligram lost an average of 52 pounds. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's the biggest part of being diabetic is the weight. And they need to lose the weight so that they can get their diabetes under control. And uh, so anyway, this sounds like a, a breakthrough for sure. Top Gun Maverick, oh man, it's facing a lawsuit now. So Paramount Pictures Corporation was accused in a lawsuit of releasing Top Gun Maverick without securing a license from the estate of the writer whose story actually inspired the original film almost four decades ago. The author's heirs claim the studio has been on notice since 2018 that its copyrights to Top Gun, the franchise, were terminated, but it went ahead and released the sequel without permission this month. Now, according to, uh, let's see, Paramount says these claims are without merit and we defend ourselves vigorously. I don't know what you do once the cat's out of the bag. You know, I mean, yeah, could they have to pay through the nose for it? Yeah, but it's not like all of a sudden next weekend, no more Top Gun Maverick in theaters. So that's not going to be the case. And finally, you go to Wendy's, right? And you get either the vanilla Frosty or you get the chocolate Frosty. But now, for a limited time, you can get the Strawberry Frosty. 
They say prices for the new Frosty may vary by city. And strawberry is temporarily replacing vanilla. So you got two choices now, the chocolate and the strawberry. If they had just kept the vanilla, they could have offered a secret menu item of a Neapolitan Frosty. I'm just saying, you missed an opportunity here, Wendy's. The new strawberry Frosty is now on sale at Wendy's. There you go. It sounds delicious. I think I might have to try. Primary races are being held at the state, county, and local levels. Governor Newsom's expected to easily win. You've got eight people challenging L.A. County Sheriff Villanueva. Eight of the 15 seats on the L.A. City Council are on the ballot. The L.A. mayor's race is very high profile. California Democratic Congresswoman Karen Bass and developer Rick Caruso are the front runners in these two. It's interesting. It's like one day Caruso's ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. Then you see Bass pull ahead. It's just neck and neck. And primary elections usually don't generate a lot of voter turnout, but the L.A. County Registrar's Office says the early voting numbers this time around are super low. Just 740,000 cast as of yesterday afternoon. Please vote. And as I said earlier in, in the show, don't vote, don't bitch. Thank you. And British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is promising to get on with the job as he puts it a day after surviving that no-confidence vote by party make, by lawmakers in his party. Aaron Katursky, good morning to you. So let's talk about an oligarch that uh, got his hand slapped and his plane grounded. Yeah, Roman Abramovich, who you may know is the former owner of the Chelsea Football Club of the Premier League. He is uh, also, you know, among the, the wealthier in the world. And he owns one of the most expensive private planes uh, that's flying around the world. And that is a Boeing 787 Dreamliner worth $350 million. The U.S. has now moved to seize that plane and a Gulfstream that uh, the U.S. believes Abramovich owns uh, in order to, uh, to make up for him violating U.S. sanctions when he flew those planes into Russia back in March. And I think a lot of people at that time thought he sort of flipped the bird to the sanctions, like, oh, yeah, really try and come and get me. Well, now we have. Well, well, I, I, I think that may be part of it. You know, the, the U.S. has been running around the world seizing what one Justice Department official described as tainted assets because of their link to to Vladimir Putin and the um, you know the, the the sanctions imposed over the invasion of, of Ukraine said that American made aircraft are not allowed to fly into Russia without a special license which Abramovich obviously didn't have uh, and probably wouldn't have been issued and uh, and so the US is now moving to seize these planes the Boeing is in Dubai and the Gulf Streams in Russia, it's thought. So we're not sure the U.S. is actually going to be able to seize them or not. But but should they fly somewhere where the U.S. could get access to them, they now have the warrants and could take possession. Does this make other oligarchs think to themselves, oh, maybe I should abide by the rules? You know, probably not. But it does perhaps, and I think this is really the goal, the, the idea is to make life a little less comfortable for, for these people. Um, the, the U.S. is trying to perhaps pressure Putin from within by, um, you know, uh, disabling the, the lifestyle that the, the oligarchs have amassed. Now, they're not going to necessarily curtail the policy, as we've seen, but perhaps if they can, you know, slowly but surely eat away at, at that lifestyle, maybe it's hoped there'll, there'll be some pressure on Putin. Uh, we haven't seen it yet, though, more than 100 days into this invasion. And are we, speaking of the invasion, are we seeing any, um, I guess, let up of the Russian pressure or does Putin, obviously, like you said, really, we haven't seen any reaction from him as far as this goes. But 
you have to wonder, are we chipping away or is the influence that these sanctions are having really as minimal as Putin claims they are? Well, there, there are thoughts that he's got ways to get around them. So, you know, they're not nothing uh, for sure, but they, they have not had the, the effect that I think, um, you know, some had hoped in, in deterring the policy of invasion. But, you know, remember, President Biden said that was never the goal. The goal is to just enact punishment and to make this so, so devastating for Russia and so costly for Russia's economy that maybe they'll think twice before doing it again. But but it has not stopped the invasion itself. And there are signs that Russia has made significant gains in the east, uh, even as the Ukrainian resistance uh, lobbies for additional weapons from the West. Yeah, I mean, I think just hearing yesterday that, you know, Kiev was bombed for the first time in, uh, what, almost a month, I guess, or something like that, that you, you sort of went, wow, they're not only not going away, but they're hitting harder now again. In some places they are, uh, and, and that, you know, may reflect uh, an emboldened Russia, given some of the gains that they've made in the East. Uh, it, it may reflect a diminished Ukrainian resistance. We know they've taken heavy casualties They've been appealing for, for more advanced Western weapons, but those need uh, training in order to, to, to properly use them. And Russia has threatened that if you know the U.S. and its allies continue to give these weapons to Ukraine with the capability of, of reaching into Russia, uh, that there could be consequences for, for the Western nations. You know, again, that could be bluster, but, um, but, you know, it's all part of the battlefield. All right. Let's hope it's bluster. Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. See ya. ABC's Aaron Katursky. You know, I mean, here's the thing. You can't not take what Russia says. I mean, yes, at this point, does uh, Putin, when it comes to the West, seem to have a bark much bigger than his bite? Yes, thankfully. Um, But when it comes to neighboring countries, no, his bark is as big as his bite. So you have to hope that what he's saying is nothing other than uh, feels very Kim Jong-un-ish, you know, like I could if I wanted to. But he never does. But if you were a country that neighbors his, eh, it's not somewhere I'd want to be. Let's get back to some of these stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. There's a partner at a law firm here in California that's been nominated as the next U.S. attorney for the Los Angeles-based Central District of California. That's the largest federal district in the county. E. Martin Estrada was a prosecutor in the district from uh, 2007 to 14. Graduated with his bachelor's from UC Irvine. His law degree is from Stanford. Pretty good. Get a law degree from Stanford. Catalina is going to host its first large-scale event with Pride, or for Pride. It is scheduled for June 18th. A March and Live Entertainment are part of the planned festivities. Sonoma State's president, who faced criticism for her leadership during a sex scandal involving her and her husband, says she's resigning. A former provost of Sonoma State says Sakaki, who was her boss, retaliated against her because she reported sexual harassment allegations against Sakaki's husband, an official volunteer with the college. Cal State paid the woman $600,000 to settle her legal claims. There's a reporter for the Washington Post who has been suspended for a month without pay for retweeting a sexist joke. David Weigel publicly apologized last week, saying he did not mean to cause any harm. Weigel got out for the retweet by a female colleague whose discrimination lawsuit against the Post was recently thrown out. Do you have one of the uh, new Ford Broncos? They look great, by the way. And when I did the Wiggle Waggle Walk for Pasadena Humane Society, we, of course, of course we were KFI, the KFI Wake Up Call Wigglers. 
were the team that donated the most money this year, thanks to all of you. And because of all of you, I didn't actually have to do the walk. They put me in the back of a Ford Bronco and drove me and Daisy all around the track as kind of a congratulations award. That Bronco was amazing. But federal investigators say they're looking into a possibly serious issue with the new Ford Bronco. Almost 50 people have reported the engine just gave out while they were driving. That's problematic. Oh, I've been looking forward to playing this for you. I know you're singing. Grease is the word, the musical, and the movie. It's become a book. Grease, tell me more, tell me more, shares behind-the-scenes stories of how the Broadway phenomenon came to be. It includes more than 100 submissions from the cast and crew who performed on Broadway and on tour and dozens of photos. The book is out today. All right, we hear about some of these, you know, great tips that are left on tables and, waitness, you know, waitresses getting... Uh, yeah, I don't know, whatever, a $1,000 uh, tip on a $500 meal or something like that. Well, there's a waitress in New Orleans who got a big tip on a not terribly expensive meal. There was a guy who ate at the restaurant over the weekend. He left a $777 tip, $777, which a lot of people look at as, you know, luck, uh, on a $63 meal. The waitress says she thought it was a mistake. She says she gave most of the money to her church, which recently needed some repairs, to its air conditioning system. The customer who left the big tip says he owns some restaurant franchises, so he knows how hard people work in the food service community. But the fact that she gave her money to a church to repair its air conditioning, come on. That's just a good lady right there. All right, don't forget to look up at the sky this month because we've got the start of this five-planet alignment that's starting. So on Friday... You're going to have Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn all aligned in planetary order. This has not happened since 2004, and the distance between Mercury and Saturn will be smaller. So you are going to need to have your binoculars handy along with a clear view of the eastern horizon if you want to see Mercury near the start of the month. And Mercury will become the brightest and easiest to see. And they say the rest of the planets, though, should be constantly visible to the naked eye or consistently visible. Also, uh, the CDC just added four new destinations to its high-risk list. And uh, so this is Guyana, Mongolia, Namibia, St. Kitts, and Nevis. And they have, I know that they've had a lot of these, a lot of those places are kind of, I don't know, what, east of Puerto Rico, I guess it would be. Um, so this is an area, though, that I've just seen them sort of checking the boxes on more and more and more that these are high-risk destinations for COVID-19. So just a little heads up there. Uh, and they say if you're traveling to the Caribbean during COVID-19, check ahead to wherever you're going because each little town that you stop in might have its own restrictions on COVID, which makes sense. Metro's offering free rides to help voters get to those polling places for the primary election. People can find the route that works for them at thesource.metro.net. That's thesource.metro.net. And Caltrans says the summit of the Americas in L.A. will cause traffic delays Thursday from noon to 10. One southbound lane of PCH will be closed from Topanga to Santa Monica for emergency vehicles. Downtown L.A. will be hit with delays for security closures and detours 
until Saturday. Let's say good morning now to ABC's Jim Ryan. Jim, if you would, just kind of walk us through or walk us up to where we are when it comes to the number of funerals in Uvalde, Texas, that have taken place and are currently underway. We knew this was going to take a while, but every time you see it come across in the news, it still just breaks your heart because these are 10 and 11-year-olds that we're burying right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're only a little more than halfway through all of these funerals. They happen almost every day. Uh, today, 10-year-old Xavier Lopez will be buried. One of his classmates has her visitation. Her funeral then comes tomorrow. It's an endless procession of funerals, and they will last for another nine days or so until the last one is held. And until that time, Jen, the head of the, uh, the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District Police Department says he won't comment about his response or about how he handled the response, the police response to the shooting that day two weeks ago uh, out of respect for the children and those who are grieving. So we still haven't heard firm answers from him about his decision-making process, Jen. And I bet there are a lot of parents who are saying, really, the only reason that we're grieving is because you made a decision and didn't go in there. I mean, I can just hear sort of the, uh, I guess, the accusations that are flying right now because I think there are a lot of people who want to hear from that guy who need to know why he made the decision that he did because if you look at it in the timeline anyway you're thinking to yourself how in the world could a guy who's trained to go in in this kind of situation wait 40 minutes before he told his you know people to take action in this case Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think, uh, what the, the questions that are going around this town are. The, the parents and others want to know about that. They want to know about the delay. It was more like 77 minutes from the time that he walked in, the gunman, until a SWAT team of the Customs and Border Protection did go in and shoot him. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's that's the major question, I think, uh, lingering right now. Uh, obviously, parents have questions about why my kids, why this happened in the first place. And a heartbreaking uh, story from uh, Arnulfo Reyes, one of the teachers, the teacher who managed to survive. He was in room number 111. Uh, the, he heard the shooting outside. And he told the 11 kids in his classroom to get down under the table, pretend they were asleep. In other words, tell them to play well, dead yeah. so that yeah. the shooter wouldn't come in and shoot, and shoot them. Well, the shooter did. And all 11 children were killed. This teacher is still hospitalized in San Antonio with several serious bullet wounds, including one right through the lung. Uh, so you can only imagine his, his sense of heartbreak. He, he's uh, told the local newspaper here uh, that, you know, the parents, each of these parents lost one child. And he says he's lost 11 children uh, just in the blink of an eye. Absolutely. You can imagine that as a teacher, you feel like those kids are your kids. Every yeah. day they come in to you. They depend on you. They're learning from you just like a parent. So to have that, it, that only makes sense that you would feel like those are your kids. Yeah, and you can only imagine the, the, the feeling of guilt and the feeling of responsibility that he has and that he'll have to live with forever. It's just really, every everywhere you turn here in Uvalde, you find a, a heartbreaking story like that, Jen. All right. Thank you so much for that, Jim. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jen. See you later. This is KFI and KOSTHD2 Los Angeles. And uh, just again, today is the day to go out there, get out the vote. And just as I was mentioning earlier, the number of people who are actually voting today is kind of ridiculous. Or I should say the early voting, because maybe all of a sudden everybody's going to be listening to Wake Up Call and I'm going to guilt you in to going out and voting today. But here's the deal. As of yesterday, there were only 740,000 cast ballots. 
pretty sure there are a few more than 740,000 people in L.A. County. Normally, I don't tell you what to do. In fact, I'm not even going to tell you what to do. However, as I said at the start of the show, if a politician gets elected that you don't like and you meet me at an event and you start bitching about that politician, I'm going to stop you before we continue the conversation and say, did you vote? And if you say no, then I will say, don't bitch, because that's my motto. Don't vote, don't bitch. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. This has been your wake-up call. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.